Welcome to Creation Anew, everybody. I'm Randy Weddle. I'm your host for this podcast. I am the pastor of two churches in Indiana. The first church is Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana. And the second church is Mount Pleasant Christian Church of Hall, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And the reason why we do this podcast is so that we can challenge believers with the claims of Christ so that they will grow in their faith. But we also want to challenge non-believers with the claims of Christ so they can make an honest decision about the Lord Jesus. We talk about all kinds of stuff here, so why don't you join us? Ready? Let's go. Well, hello again, everybody. Randy Weddle here. I'm your host for Creation Anew. And I'm so glad that you're with me today. What in the world are we going to talk about? Well, uh, I'm going to bring up some things that, um, that you know, some of you may shake your heads in agreement and say, yeah, that's, that's just right on. Others of you may not like some of the things that we talk about. Now, let me explain something. Um, sometimes I bring up ideas because I am convicted that those ideas are are correct and I want to talk about them. There are other times when I will bring up different topics or ideas and I'm not sure and I want I want to stimulate conversation. So um, as we go through some of the things in the next few episodes of, of podcast, um, I, I, I want you to understand that um, I'm still processing some of this information. I, I don't know if I am 100% on board with what, um, what we're going to talk about, but I am more than likely 80% on board and um, you'll see, uh, you'll probably see some of that come out. But I do, I do genuinely want to make you guys think about some of the things that we are going to talk about. And what is it that we're going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about a book that is written, uh, that was written by a man named John Taylor Gatto, and uh, it is called "Dumbing Us." down. So let's let's go ahead and get right into it. John Taylor Gatto um, was a school teacher in uh, in predominantly the, the New York uh, city area, uh, Manhattan. Uh, he has he has taught at prestigious um, secondary schools. He has taught um, at um, secondary schools where the, the population is predominantly poor. Uh, and just that statement right there, where I'd say prestigious and poor areas, uh, makes me cringe just a little bit. Um, because uh, one of the things that I'm learning is some of the labels that we put upon people um, may not may not always fit. And, and it may just be masks that, uh, that, that we put on you know, or labels that we put on things that really aren't true. 
anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is uh, is that, or what I'm trying to say is that John Taylor Gatto has taught on a, on a pretty wide spectrum. He is he has taught um, um, people that have have you know really excelled in schooling. He has also taught people that have struggled in schooling. So he he has a a pretty wide and varied background. Well, he he wrote this book and he's wrote he, he's he's written um several sorry that was a southern indiana thing that just started to come out <laughs> i almost said <laughs> i almost just spoke really badly um he's written some other books but i want to focus upon this one and you can find him um on uh, on like youtube and and you can see some videos that he's done now I want to come across and just say first of all that I don't know what John Taylor Gatto's relationship to Christ is. And as a believer, I have to take that into consideration and say, well, you know, I I want to always filter everything through scripture. And I don't know what this man believes about Jesus. So, uh, you know, there may not be things in here that I completely uh, agree with, but I have to tell you I agree with a lot of what he is saying. And uh, let me just start off, first of all, uh, with, with giving you just a little bit of a background on, um, on my own um, educational journey. Um, I was an average student, maybe a, a little bit above average, you know, like a B um, I was a B student in uh, in most of my educational um, um, career, which is fine. Um, the The older I get, the more I'm comfortable with uh, you know not being the top dog or anything like that. But I remember a, a specific event that uh, took place while I was in school. And that was there was a day when um, we were going to take a standardized test, and it was it was at the wrong time of the year. Now, when I was in uh, school, we didn't take standardized tests every day or every week, which it seems like public schools do today. And uh, we so it was just unusual. Um, even as a young person, I, I, I thought to myself, why are we doing this now? Well, anyway, we, we took this test, and I, I think it was a timed test. And it seemed like the test was specifically testing upon math. And uh, I, I, at about the fourth grade fifth grade I started noticing that I struggled with mathematics and uh, that's a struggle that has been you know uh, for many many years uh, plagued me and so I was uncomfortable with this test and I thought I I don't know if, uh, if this, how well I did well apparently I didn't do as well as what was expected 
we were not told really anything but not long after we took the test there was a day when um, some of the school uh, officials um, maybe um, I would say some teachers um, and and maybe some um, um, administrators um, and maybe the principal it has been a while, so I, and I, I don't want to paint anybody in a bad light unnecessarily. But anyway, the decision was made. We were we were in class, and they they came in and just said, "Hey, the the following people need to come with us." And they named off names. We had no clue what was going on. And it wasn't, you know, a scary thing. It was just, what's going on? We, we was curious. And what I later found out is the kids that they took out of the class were the kids that did very well on on this standardized test. And um, those kids were treated somewhat like royalty in our school. Um, they were given they were given extra training in things that really not like based upon mathematics um, but they were put into they were considered a higher level of of mathematics and possibly science I, yeah I believe it was they were in their own class in science but they got to do different things like um, you know they were trained in um, CPR and they they got to do other things and I'm not saying that we shouldn't take children that are gifted and spend some extra time with them or notice special talents um, but the way in which this was done put a scar on me and it scarred me for many years because I thought that I had failed. I thought that I had, um, I thought that my my academic ability was always never was was just never quite good enough after that point in time. And that lasted for years. Now I don't know if that was the intent of this whole project but I will say it seemed like these kids were treated better they were given more privilege and it seemed to be only because they could do mathematics better now in the room where I took the um, the standardized test if you went across the hall to the English class where I would go. Um, I was I was being recognized for writing um, by by teacher well at least one teacher and and uh, uh, people noticed that I had the ability to to write very well. And by the way, uh, in uh, in the early 1970s, probably 70 71, 
Um, and at that point in time, I would have been five. Uh, maybe as young as four, but probably five. I was writing correspondence to President Richard Nixon. I was I was writing him letters. So that kind of gives you the idea of, of the ability um, that I had, even as a young child, to, to command uh, the English language, although sometimes I just go backwards. <laughs> but that was never, ever welcomed, at least in my school. Um, if you could do music, arts, language, literature, if you could write... Um, that was of no big deal to to the the people of the school that I attended. Now again, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it sure did seem like it. Um, and I always felt second best. I always felt like the things that I could really excel in um, were were just really, oh, anybody could do those things. And I remember later on in high school um, trying to become someone different than who I was. And I thought, oh, maybe I should go into science. Well, I was never really interested in science. I didn't like science. Still, really, I'm not that big of a fan of getting, you know, I, I didn't like anatomy class. I didn't like things like that. But I loved English, and I loved, I loved, and had an interest in languages, and and writing. And I remember talking to um, somebody in the administration of the school, and I was getting close to graduation from high school, and they said, "Well, what what is it that you want to do?" And I said, "Well, I, I wanted to go to a local." college, um, DePauw University, because they had a good English department. Uh, DePauw, um, located over in Greencastle, Indiana. And, uh, and I said, I, I, I really like to become a writer. And, uh, an eyebrow came up on this, you know, this person on the staff at the school and they said, they kind of chuckled and said, what in the world are you going to do with, you know, with studying English? Or, or, you know, how are you going to support yourself being a writer? And I didn't say anything at the time, but um, what was going through my head was, well, you know, Stephen King seems to be making a buck or two uh, from this. So I thought maybe, maybe I could, maybe I could be a writer. But just what that person did kind of killed my idea. And it made me second-guess myself. And I struggled for a long, long time with trying to do things, even into college, trying to do things that really were, were just, they were not part of my makeup. When I went into college, I, I, I started to go into a pre-optometry uh, path. And if you know anything about becoming a doctor of optometry, you have to take things like anatomy and chemistry. I hated those things. I had no interest. I just, I just didn't like them. And I would get frustrated because I just didn't have an interest. 
but I felt like I had to do those things in order to succeed. So I am not trying to blame anybody. I am not trying to say that anybody in my school system was bad. I think that there were some bad choices made. I think there were some bad things that that were done, maybe inadvertently. But I'm just telling you, as we look at the at this book by John Taylor Gatto, because he's going to talk about the public school system, and he is going to uh, say some things that some of you really may find offensive. But as I look back and, and, and articulate what happened to me in school, um, j- just one event somewhat kind of crushed me for years, making me feel like I never would measure up academically. Now, um, now later on, when I was in college, just to let you know, I got into, I got into academic probation, <laughs> which I would never tell anybody years ago that I did that. But do you want to know why I got into academic probation? Because I had started my own business. And in 1984, as an 18-year-old kid, I was making a lot of money. A lot of money, and I had I had thought this business up myself. I drummed it up, I advertised it, and I started doing it. Now I did have a couple of other people with me, but I was the driving force behind that business. And um, the business was being a disc jockey. I, I was I, I I was a mobile disc jockey and I did parties and weddings and dances and things like that it was a party all the time when you're making a lot of money as an 18 year old kid you start losing interest in um, in taking classes that really don't interest you to begin with and that's really what happened to me. It didn't take long before I just stopped going to class. I remember there was a, a psychology class that I went into, and I just I thought, okay, I'm not getting anything out of this. It was a 8 o'clock Friday morning class, and I thought, I can just skip this. And I decided after many weeks just to go to the class, just to kind of see if I'm, you know, what's going on. And it was on that day that they had the midterm. And so I took I took a midterm cold. I had not been to class in weeks, and that was an indication of some of the other things that I was doing in school, where I kept thinking, I'm making a lot of money over here, but people are telling me I won't be a success unless I go to college, and specifically I won't be a success if if I don't take, you know, if I don't go down this path in college. So I got into academic trouble uh, in college, and it took a while to get out of it. I eventually did, but that was another <laughs> another thing that made me think, oh, you know, I'm making a lot of money over here. That was, to me, it was like, 
oh, because I was successful at it, it didn't really mean anything. What means something is I've got to, I've got to beat this monster um, called college or schooling that um, that may not even apply or may not even um, um, be worth the time uh, to to spend. And I did finish college, whoopee, uh, and, and went on to, to uh, graduate school, whoopee. But for most of my life, I have felt like I have not been smart enough, I've not been good enough, I'm not intelligent, and I can trace it right back to the time when I took one test and from that test was somewhat deemed that I was not academically um, worth anything. Now, that's my history. Maybe you've got a history that's similar to that. And as we go into this book, I want you to think, if you went to public school, was there some kind of traumatic event that happened that told you that you were not good enough? Was there something that happened that told you that you were not good enough and how did you overcome it? Or have you ever overcome it? And I think this is a problem in our society that I want to I want to, to talk about and how children may be um, being crushed I'll be honest with you, whenever that event happened and I, I started learning that I wasn't one of the smart kids or wasn't considered one of the smart kids in my class. And by the way, there were other really <laughs> great kids that weren't part of the smart kids either. And I took comfort in that, but that that's my problem. I think we're crushing children by some of the things we do in our society. And I think there's damage that's being done that we are seeing today that is, in my opinion, satanic. Now there's something in the Bible that talks about every person being made in the image of God and every person having worth. And I have to tell you, most of the time in my academic life, I never felt, I never felt worthy. I always felt stigmatized. I always felt like I needed to measure up. And I think that there was damage done and time wasted by that event. We're going to talk a little bit more about this, and I know that, you know, this kind of sounds like it was just a therapy session for me. Thank you for, you know, tell me, tell me what I owe you. <laughs> but 
I want to give you some background. I want to let you know that if you, as we go through some of these things, if you have, if you have ever had a traumatic event, you're not alone. And um, you know, if if you never felt like you measured up, or maybe you never felt like you measured up, and maybe your children, maybe you're putting pressure on your children that they're not measuring up. I want you to really listen to some of the things that we have to say here. So, okay, we're going to end this episode, but we're going to come back. Stay with us, and uh, and and we'll uh, we'll talk more and specifically get into uh, John Taylor Gatto's book. Guys, until next time, bye bye.